You are welcome to the Niger Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Victor Okai. He's a director, writer, and cinematographer. He's a member of the Nigerian Oscar Selection Committee and the president of the Directors Guild of Nigeria. We talk about his work at the Guild, starting a film festival and a film school, and common challenges faced by films trying to be selected for the Oscars. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Mr. Victor, you're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Thank you for having me. Okay, please, can you introduce yourself? My name is Victor Okai. I'm the National President of the Directors Guild of Nigeria. I'm a producer, a director, a cinematographer, and a writer as well. Okay, nice to meet you, sir. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, can you tell us how you got started in filmmaking? Yeah, so like I said, I grew up in Joss, and... um, I, I, I didn't know them, but I always imagined myself in a Western, you know. Um, I imagine myself filming. There's a place called Gadabu to the left of it. You have these hills, and that really looked like it. And it was when I got to uh, Hollywood, and in fact, Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, yeah. the area there, that I saw things that, I mean, the topography and everything looks like what I saw growing up in Jaws, the weather was the same, everything was the same. So that had an early influence on me in my childhood. And then I grew up in a city also where the first color television in Nigeria started transmitting. This was uh, uh, BPTV Jaws, as it was called, the Baby Plateau Television, under a very, very astute film and broadcast uh, administrator called Girgis Salama. Hmm. Now, Girgis Salama is an Egyptian and he brought that innovation. So the first color TV in Africa actually started in Jaws and it was the innovation of um, uh, Dr. Girgis Salama. Hmm. And then there in Jaws as well, there were a lot of innovations in terms of um, television, uh, broadcasting, and programming. So I practically grew up in a place where, uh, even as a child, I was uh, involved in television programs, radio programs. As a matter of fact, I was called, okay, I don't want to say it now. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, you know, uh, I had a very good influence uh, growing up. Yeah. And then the next phase was when uh, it was time to go to university and my father wanted me to read law. Yeah. Uh, this was his dream. This was all he ever wanted me to do. And so we had a bit of uh, an argument there. I did the bit I could to satisfy that to a limited level. Huh. And then eventually... Um, was how do I put it now? I did. Um, I also did mass communication at UNN, but I also went to UCLA yeah. to read film. Yeah, University of California. Uh, so I did. I did at uh, the Westwood campus. I did the. I studied film there, 
Then, apart from that, I had done several other, uh, before they had done several other film courses at NAFTA in Ghana. Yeah. Uh, the CFAP, this was uh, as a French uh, film school. Oh. And I'd done lots of courses. So, in a way, I was, um, I was prepared. When I got to Lagos, I was ready, but... You know, it was an industry that, you know, I was coming in like an outsider. And so uh, this was in the, like in the mid 80s. So acceptance yeah. was um, a bit tough. Now, so what I did at the time was um, I started writing. Um, so, and I, Excellent writing skills, so it wasn't difficult for me. I started writing for New Village Headmaster. Um, I was also the only writer from Lagos for the New Masquerade at yeah. the time. And then uh, I also started writing for, um, what do you call it now, Second Chance. As a matter of fact, I also acted in Second Chance and uh, Village Headmaster, but I had a regular role in Second Chance. The script that introduced me, I actually wrote it. And so I got an acting role. Yeah. Okay, so, um, and I, I did very well. So my role was made permanent till the end of the series. Even though I came in towards the end, you know, um, I think the last quarter was when I came in, uh, playing the role of, it was then Annie Joe Fisherman, James Johnson, Fine Face. Hmm. So what, and then uh, what this did for me, there were a couple of things that, happened at the time i was quite strategic i remember i told you i i got into writing which is something mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like doing yeah okay and then so writing got me noticed i started writing for some of the Y series then too i <laughs> i don't want to mention but some of the most famous uh, uh Perhaps even the most famous. So I don't want to go into details now. Yeah. Um, of the of the jingle Zen for for why uh, I actually wrote them. You know, the thing is, I didn't care about credits. I yeah. just wanted to break in. You know, so I did them, and then in fact, that those were things I introduced. Everyone say, "Have you seen this?" new guy, very hot. He's a great writer and all that. So it was so easy for me. Everybody wanted me on the writing team. Mm. You understand? And like I said, for New Masquerade, I was the only one from Lagos writing. You know, I would go to the camp at Transekulu in Enugu at the time. That's where I met, uh, no, I met him first in Lagos, of course. Um, Chris Obirapu, he invited me. He was one that wrote Living in Bondage. You mm. know? Um, at the time, people like KOK, uh, what's his name? Uh, or Sophia, what's his name again? Um, Nkemo. Nkemo and the rest. These were people who were just coming around trying to get beat rules and all that. A lot of them. Before they eventually came to Lagos and then blew. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I remember Tony Aposheri then was a production manager. as an actor now. He used to work with NTA. He was a production manager on the set of the new masquerade at the time, working with NTA. So uh, this kind of opened the door for me, but I, I had bigger pictures. I had a bigger dream. So what I did was acting for me opened the door to my personal business. I opened my my film business as far back as then. Yeah. 
So what acting did for me was wherever I went to, I was easily recognizable. And so I could go into companies, get commercials. So I got into commercials, started doing commercials, both for the agencies, grant advertising and LLNTS and the rest of them Mm. at the time. So I was big on commercials, uh, made quite a lot of money. I was the first Nigerian to do a commercial for 7-Up at the time. You remember all the commercials were coming in from abroad, even promos. Yeah. So I started doing for them, Rank Zero, so many companies, you know. So I went into commercials big time and was doing corporate documentaries as well. Um, so, you know, and then post-production mostly was done in London, you know, we go to go abroad to do it. And then um, Steve Ojo's Galaxy had one of the best post-production outfits of Cinecraft as well. Uh, and then uh, high-end stuff, if you didn't, I mean, Steve Ojo, when he started, when he brought in some equipment that he had at the time, we didn't even need to start traveling abroad anymore because we could achieve some of the things that we would go to do uh, in some of the uh, post houses in the UK. Yeah. So, um, TK, all of them, you know, we were, all of us were in the commercial gig at the time. So, I was, like I said, I was big on commercials and mm. I have to confess, I made quite a tidy sum from it. Yeah. I also started a sound studio at Slagland uh, then, you know, it became a hub at the time. It was one of the earliest digital sound studios. Uh, the others were, uh, was uh, Dr. Bayer, his own, uh, what's his name now? Midi, Midi Tone. Mm. Okay. Um, Tunde Ajije didn't just start it. And there's something Tunde doesn't know. He actually made me start my own digital studio. Because, um, like he would always tell everyone, I was the first person that gave, that was the one that gave him his very first job, his very first jingle that launched his business. But afterwards, I remember one day I came, I wanted to do a job and he gave me a hard time and I said to myself, what the hell? And that was what got me started. And that's how I started my own uh, studio. Yeah. Uh, uh, King Seoguru worked with him later and then later started Clean Studios. Uh, mine was Class Digital Series at Ujua Legba. There was Argos, then in Apapa. There was Japex in Antony Village. Um, which other one again? Well, these are the ones I remember now. I hope I can be forgiven for forgetting any other one. Yeah. I'm talking about the MIDI studios, the digital studios at the time. Yeah. So with that, I was doing a lot of jingles as well you know, uh, to back up my commercials. I had a very big client at the time who was who was doing national campaigns. Rainbow was a hair cosmetic. So it was easy for me to do the jingles in my studio and just do the commercials, yeah. you know, the TVCs at the time. You know, so um, the business complemented each other. And I was also running an advertising agency alongside with it. So like I said, I was big on commercials at the time. And then Nollywood started in our presence. And when Nollywood started, uh, a few of us who consider ourselves film purists at the time felt it was infradig. We would either shoot on film or nothing. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Although we're doing other things on video, you know, better camera and the rest, you know, uh, when we're shooting commercials. But for film, we just looked at it and said, okay. So, but we were right in the thick of it. Um, 
And so, and remember, this was a time when soaps were heavy. You know, people like uh, Zeb, Charles um, uh, Oyemi then, who was partnering with uh, Ralph Madike mm-hmm. on Palace, on AIT and the rest of them, when they were doing what they were doing. So, um, then, well, even in Bondi started, you know, and then uh, the movie industry started, and then Eventually, it became inevitable that we had to go in and uh, we didn't have a choice. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah. coincidentally, I, uh, when we looked at the way things were going, a few of us, then we called ourselves the Five Angry Young Men, started the Directors Guild of Nigeria because we wanted, in spite of what we thought was uh, chaos, you might call it organized chaos or unorganized, yeah. but the chaotic situation, that we just felt, look, there must be some order in this business. Uh, especially uh, in the directors. So we started the Directors Guild of Nigeria, and I was then the first national secretary of the Guild. This was about 22, 23 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's coincidental that about two decades down the line, I would become the national president of the Guild again. Mm. You know, so I don't know. It's a story. It's a long story, but... Um, <laughs> That's uh, in a way sort of how I got into the industry. But a lot of the work I have done have not even been uh, uh, local because of my skill set. So I do a lot of uh, foreign jobs and do a lot of jobs for foreign companies in Nigeria as well. Yeah, I've worked with all the major networks, CNN, BBC, Al Jazeera, Deutsche Welle. I've shot several series for them you know, several programs uh, that I have um, uh, shot, produced, and directed. Um, uh, so I've been, I've done quite a lot for international media, kept myself busy over the years. And uh, so here we are. Yeah. Okay, so would you consider yourself more of a um, documentary filmmaker or um, a fiction not necessarily. I do feature very well. In fact, what I'm doing for 2022 may just change. Let me not brag ahead. I will uh-huh. just say, let's wait and see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do all of them. Uh, but you might say documentary may have brought me more success and maybe more money. Um, one we shot uh, 20, is it 2015 or 2017? I'm trying to remember. 2017, I think. Uh, waiting for Asana. Yeah. It, it was um, that job got us into Sundance. It premiered at Sundance. Yeah. Uh, and you know how difficult it is to get into Sundance. Uh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be selected out of over how many thousand, over 10,000 or so, you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know. So we got into Sundance, went to South by Southwest, went to uh, Sheffield Docks went to um, Toronto, went to Berlin, went to so many. I can't, I've lost count, yeah. you know. But the eyes of it was when we won at Riveron. Riveron is an Oscar qualifying film festival. So winning there qualifies you for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but I learned a big lesson from it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, we when we did when we did that documentary, we didn't know how far it would take us. Yeah. Uh, and so we ran out of budget when 
we got qualified because a friend of mine then, uh, she was the founder of, I think, uh, Without a Box, which was later brought over by ZIMDB uh, and then subsequently uh, Amazon. Yeah. She, her name is Sydney Levine. You know, she she saw a copy of it, of the movie, and say, I was quite impressed and said, Victor, you need an Oscar strategist. Before then, I didn't know about it. Hmm. And so she introduced me to the very best in the field and said, we should work together. But you know what? <laughs> we had run out of money. <laughs> so <laughs> we couldn't, you know, uh, uh, we couldn't follow up on it. And uh, we did all the submissions, all the number of DVDs were supposed to submit, did everything that we did. But if you don't have someone pushing it, yeah. doing the nursery lobby, then you might not get uh, that final nomination that would, uh, you know. So, well, it was a good lesson. Today yeah. I'm on the Nigerian Oscar Selection Committee in Nigeria. I know a lot better. I've since grown from then, Yeah, you know. So, but it's, it was a good experience. So that, that brought us some, not money, but it brought us uh, some form of acclaim. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, but feature, feature, I, the problem I've had with features, I've done quite a few, but uh, none of mine personally before this one now that I'm about to do, and this one I'm taking my time to do it properly. So the others have just been things I've directed for others as well, yeah. or just co-produced. Now, um, for me, the problem has always been, and that's what I'm going to advise a lot of people right now. There's what is called analysis paralysis. Sometimes if you're a perfectionist, yeah. you overanalyze things, you end up not doing anything. You understand? Uh. Yeah. The, 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 the real thing that causes... Um, procrastination is sometimes the so-called spirit of perfection, mm -hmm. which is a negative spirit. Yeah. Nothing is ever perfect. I would say to people like Nike, just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Doing it is better than imagining a, imagining a perfect thing and not doing it. I say imagining because until you do it, you've not done it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a big lesson for me. I've been a big procrastinator. It's cost me millions, if not billions, if I'm using that language. Honestly, uh -huh. it's cost me quite a lot. I'm learning now in old age, but um, it's never too late. When you wake up, as we say, then is your morning. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you wake up, that's your morning. So, so that's it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. Um, I thought the interview was over. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about like waiting for Hassan. How did, um, how did the project start? Like, how were you guys able to raise the funding that took you all the way to you know, um, Sundance and South by Southwest and the others? Okay, so um, we're three majorly on the project. Um, Fuda Maduka, she worked with Netflix at the time. She was working with Netflix at the time. Um, Uzo Ewala, who was uh, who is um, Okonje Ewala's son, um, is also the writer of Beasts of No Nation. You know, the Netflix mega hit, you know, the movie, yeah, yeah, okay. And then there's myself, so um, 
we, three of us were producers, but then divided roles among ourselves. Uh, Funa needed, you know, her directorial debut. So she took her as director. I was um, cinematographer. Now that's the side of me a lot of people in Hollywood don't even know about. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but three of us were producers on the project as well. Um, and then we had funding from Tish, uh, the Tish family. Uh, New York University has one of the best film departments in the world, the Tish Film School. Yeah. yeah. So with that family, we had from uh, a few other people. Uh, Namdi, I'm trying to remember, he's an American. He's married to an, an actress, a famous uh, American actress, black actress. I'm trying to remember. The names. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm not very good with names. That's not a good thing to say, but unfortunately, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> so we had a few people who believed in what we were doing and put some money behind it. Uh, and so, remember, even beyond production, just going for festivals alone, because for some big festivals, you pay fees. Yeah. Yeah? And so, uh, you may pay you can pay all you want, and you may not be selected, you know, but you have to pay an entry fee to get in. So to do that is quite a lot of money. You have to have a special budget for that as well. So we needed we needed all that, but somehow we we're able to raise the funds for it. It was tough because even the original story slant, I mean the, the original story we had, you know, with the documentary, yeah. you don't have a set script, you can only have a concept note about how the direction you wanted to go, but documentaries would usually have a life of their own. Yeah. You know, and it was not different from this, even getting the title, how it came about, there's a lot. You know, it didn't quite work out the way we wanted. So you can say we could have had three documentaries before we had the final documentary. Yeah. You know, we had a direction at first. It didn't work out that we tried another one. It didn't work out until finally we struck an aha moment and then came up with um, yeah what what became the final uh, film okay where can we where can people watch waiting for hasana and why documentaries sometimes hard to you know like distribution is hard for them maybe in this part but not necessarily outside uh, documentaries if you understand how to uh, not that difficult in fact, academic distribution is easiest for documentary filmmakers mm-hmm. because these are fact films, eh? yeah, and they're dealing with uh, issues uh, that range from whether anthropological, social, cultural, whatever. And there's somebody somewhere who wants to learn or pick up something about this thing. So, uh, yeah, in Nigeria, it's difficult. I mean, no one touches them. The TV station certainly won't buy them from you. They won't even do a battle with you on it. Hmm. So it's tough, yeah. Where can we find... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm afraid it's not in the public domain. It's not uh, It's not in a place where you can easily find it. Uh, it's, um, it's a short. So it's not something you just want to put out there and everybody just comes, except with a private link. Yeah. You know? So that's the only way we we share it. We don't we don't uh, put it out there. It's not that eventually we might. 
end up putting it somewhere where everyone can access it, but not at the moment. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you have um, you have been to several um, film schools, done several courses, and then you started the International Film and Broadcast Academy. Um, yes. Yes. What, what was your goal when you started the academy? Okay. Um, when the private, when the broadcast industry was being deregulated, and Nollywood was just coming up at the time, I saw a big gap. What was the gap? Uh, of course, there was going, there was a lot of pushing from NTA. Yeah? The licenses were coming, out, and a lot of people from NTA were also leaving to go into make movies. Yeah, um, with the broadcast stations. There were not enough trained manpower. Many of them were just recruiting people who were not uh, properly trained, yeah. you know. So I knew there was going to be a huge skills gap. So we just saw we saw the gap, and then positioned ourselves strategically and started with the best faculty available. We had uh, Olu Jacobs then for acting, yeah. supported by his wife. Sylvia, and they were living close to where the school was located at the time. Um, then we had Jimmy Odumosu teaching directing. Um, Paul Emema was teaching producing, the late Paul Emema. Uh, Lola Fankayode, screenwriting. Yeah. And then we had uh, Americans on board. Ernest Dunkley was teaching cinematography. And Lloyd Weaver was teaching editing. Uh, at the time, I was the I was uh, how do I put it? Now? I could free will through any of the classes because I could I could handle any of the classes as well. Yeah. Uh, but also was handling the administration. So that's how we started at the time, and uh, very high standards. And we did training for quite a lot of uh, uh, institutions and individuals, and um, we had very good success. So that's how we started, set a good standard. And um, like I said, we had very good success, even with our students. Um, one of, I mean, in one particular year, when MNET then started the New Afri new new Direction series, was a series of shorts. People will compete as director and as writer. Yeah. Then they'll pick the best pitches, and then they would then proceed to produce a film on 16mm. Uh, I remember a particular year, uh, the best speech for yeah, there were, uh, the pieces that were selected for writer and director were students of my film school, uh, Oliver Logena for directing and Kemi Adesoye for screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, Kemi later went on to become the head writer for Doctor's Quarters, uh, Tinsel, Battleground, and quite a number of series. You know, yeah. uh, on 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 Mnet on DS on, on Mnet. So our students are doing very well. In a particular year, one of our students, uh, he's, you know, um, we is a student film. We put it into a, a student film festival in Germany, the biggest student film festival in Europe. It's called Zezuste. It's usually hosted by. Uh, what do you call it now? Um, the uh, I'm trying to film school is in, is in uh, Potsdam near Berlin. 
I'm trying to remember the name of the film school now, but it's the biggest film and television school there around that area, in that, in that region. And it's also, that festival, as you say, is the biggest film festival in Europe. Surprisingly, we were invited, you know, we went and we won. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. name of the movie is uh, Chill Pill. Okay. You know? So, uh, our students have done very well, very well. Um, but anyway, I can come to that later. But so, uh, you know, so well, we've been training over the years. We've been training from you know, people from different, we've done training for channel, channel television, um, TVC. We, in fact, we just rounded off a program with TVC recently. We've been training around the country. The film school has been doing very well. We don't advertise. We don't make much noise. But um, we're, we're known for our quality. And um, it's not a mass school. We, we don't, we're not looking for the numbers. We yeah. just, yeah, so we just want to do quality training. We don't want to lose the essence and the quality of the training by taking on too many people at the same time. Yeah. So and uh, so that's it. So we've we've been on and consistently is it is the oldest private film school in Nigeria today, yeah, uh, and uh, has been on consistently over the years. You know, we've and we've done quite a lot of work with um, partnered with quite a lot of uh, institutions, uh, both in Nigeria and abroad. We we with Deutsche Welle. Academy yeah. is uh, one of our training partners. We've run training programs even for the industry. I, I remember, particularly, uh, we did a year-long program for uh, for filmmakers. Part of it was online; the rest was physical, you know. And then, then they got their certificates from Deutsche Welle. Okay. Um, so, the things we've done quite a lot. Partnered with uh, you know many institutions, and yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's this um there's this trend that um you know students that leave film school they are not so prepared for the industry and then there's this other school of thought that you know um actually making films is the best is the best um way to go about it for you like how do you balance both going to film school and also well, not for not for IFBA because yeah. international broadcasting is completely different. Fortunately, I know this thing, so I. <laughs> the thing is, you cannot even graduate without a student film project. There's yeah. a group project. There's a private project. You know, the group to build team because filmmaking is about team teamwork. Yeah. Okay, and the reason we insist you must make your short film before you graduate is because, for us, one it can, it, beyond certificate, that is our certificate <laughs> that uh. you can do what we say you can do. Yeah. It proves to you, to us, that you can do what we say and what your certificate says you can do. Okay? Yeah. Secondly, we recognize that it, it you know, when people say, what have you done before? You need to have something to show. Mm. So we prepare our students. They are prepared before they ever leave, which is why they do very well. Um, but I also agree with you that you're not a filmmaker until you make films. Yeah. It's not about theorizing. You know, you have to go out there and make it. It doesn't matter what you use. It's important to make films. I told you about my my weakness, which is this perfection thing, but I've, I've learned, mm. okay? <laughs> yeah. I've learned. The thing is, it's good to be perfect, but you know, if you have a certain level of training, then you're incapable of doing a bad job. No yeah. matter what you do, it can be terrible. Yeah. 
know? So if you have that assurance, and that's what I tell young filmmakers today, just go out there and do it. Do something. Forget about... I mean, your best film isn't going to be your best film. Well, there are one or two exceptions. One or two. There's a guy, I can't remember his name now, whose first film won an Oscar, and that was probably the only... I don't know if that was the only film he ever made. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not everyone gets that lucky. Yeah, but, you know, so you have to grow into it. Okay. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. Some good, some bad, but, you know, just keep working. Okay. So you were one of the founders of um, the Directors Guild of Nigeria, and um, two decades later, you're the president. Um, what's, what um, are some of the activities you guys are doing as a guild um, to, you know, improve the industry, improve... Well, capacity building, is, capacity building is key and central for us. Even going into the new year, we have lined up certain activities and we're trying to partner with institutions locally and uh, resource persons locally and internationally to see what we can do as well. So that's, that's, that's key for us. Not only that, in March, we have um, uh, an academic conference that's coming up. We have professor, people from town and gallon meeting. Yeah. The University is already is hosting it uh, and um, also facilitating the gallon night for the event as well. And they're giving us uh, accommodation for a certain number of people as well. So you can see we're getting strategic partnerships already yeah. for it. We want to be able to tell the Nollywood story. We cannot be alive and Mongo Park is discovering River Niger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> where we are, where we are living by the river Niger. Mm. So we have our own academics and practitioners who were here when Hollywood started, who are still alive, who can tell the authentic story, uh, not uh, the Jonathan Haynes of this world. I'm not saying they have not tried; they've done well. We thank them for starting scholarship on Nollywood, but I think DGN is taking the lead here on. Yeah. Um, also, to help our academics, also have a platform to be able to, to conduct research into Nollywood. And we're going to have a publication as well. You know, a journal, uh, a professional journal that will come out of the whole exercise. Um, so we're also, we're also doing everything we can to improve the dignity of the director in this country, which has been battered before now. Yeah. The director does not really have, only a few, but most don't really have that respect on sets anymore. But all that is changing since we came on board. And uh, a lot has happened, really, in the, the, the short time. We'll, we'll continue to do what we can. We have strategic partnerships already with uh, DSTV, in particular, MNET. Um, uh, the go-to guild for them is the Directors Guild of Nigeria. Yeah. We're working on quite a lot of projects. And they're going to be helping us also with our capacity building, you know, for, for our members. Uh, Rock TV, uh, also, the same thing. Uh, we have a good relationship with Netflix as well. And uh, hopefully, as others come on, we'll, we'll engage as well. Okay. So apart from the capacity building, what other um, perks do members get and how can people join? Joining is easy. Our website has not been updated yet. My fault. I take blame for it still in this spirit of perfection, which doesn't do you any good. <laughs> I should have just gone ahead to say, okay, let's make the changes to this, but that's part of what we're doing at the beginning of the new year. We want to make sure the process is done in a way that 
you know, can just get to the website, see what is required, and then do it. But for now, um, when members join, normally the process is you get the application form, there's a screening process, and then um, induction, you yeah. know. So um, for now, we just want to encourage as many people as possible are practicing uh, to come on board. We, what my philosophy is, if you're not quite there yet, we will ensure that you get there through trainings and mentoring. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so, and that's what we've been doing in the meantime. Um, we, the, the bar has been raised and uh, we're doing our best to make sure that those that are our members are performing extremely well. We're, we're constantly doing everything we can to expose them to best practices. Yeah. And uh, basically that's what's happening. Then the welfare of our members is also very, very important. That's something we're, we're taking seriously as well. Uh, welfare in all aspects, you know, and also in terms of remuneration, trying to get them better working conditions, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're also a member of the um, Nigerian Oscar Selection Committee. What have you found out that is one of the biggest challenges for Nigerian films that um, seek to, you know, be selected as the Nigerian... People are not following rules, simple. Read the rules, read the rules. We've tried our best to try and enlighten people. But sometimes we think that we will bend the rules. Unfortunately, we are not going to bend the rules because the Oscars will not bend the rules for us. Um, we can only qualify for the language category. Yeah. Okay, that's what the international category is about. It has to be a language field. And it must be principally, the dialogue must be at least 50% language. Yeah. Okay, so if we do 49%, because this is our time, they will stop watching. If you do 49%, 48%, it won't go. Yeah. Then you have to have at the, the length of film, do something at least 50 or 60 minutes, I can't quite remember now. It must be at least that long to qualify, uh, then there are tech specs, you know, uh, many are failing or falling in that area. The technical specifications, you know, both for the shoot and uh, the sound edit and all that. So all of that has to be met. And they're all on the website. People don't bother to look at it. If you do a film and you have any Oscar ambition, I think it's important to go there and read the rules. And once you read the rules, then you, you, you shoot intentionally. Yeah. And then by the time you come, you have a little problem. Okay. But of course, in addition, your film has to, has to be the best among those that are sent in. And if we don't think any film is good enough, like this year, then we don't, make it, we don't send anything. Okay. And um, I guess it's also um, important, like for... Uh, you know, films that want to go to the Oscars to also have in mind that um, I guess a lot of money is needed to push it um, to the voting. Very, 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 very important. Milk Mead was an excellent film. But like what happened to us with Waiting for Asana, they were not prepared. They didn't have the money to push it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Okay. So as a, as a director, um, in your early days, you, you acted. Um, how did 
this acting role inform your directing moving forward? Well, basically, you cannot you cannot get the best performance from an actor without understanding elements of acting, eh? yeah, and and the interplay of the uh, characters with each other, and in the interpretation. There's what's called the director's note. That's your interpretation or how you help the actor get into character to fit in the role that you have um, that you want him to play. You know, so if you don't have an understanding, it becomes difficult. You can't then know uh, how to get the best performance. Uh, a director, I'm not going to call him an acting coach, not necessarily, but, you know, it is important that he's able to motivate the actor sufficiently to give him the kind of performance that would help bring alive the script on the screen for him. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, there are some times where, I mean, based on the way things have been happening in the industry, that, you know, some actors, they are on multiple projects at the same time, and they're in this mindset that, you know, um, one take is good enough. How would you, like, advise a production producer or director in, you know, um, making it work with these kind of actors? Well, first of all, those actors, you ask me, they're not professional. They're not professional actors. They're just interlopers and people who are just taking advantage of the industry to make some quick money. It's wrong. You should help the director to get the best. These guys would lie. I was on the set with one like that, so-called big name. I was badly disappointed. She was on another set. We had already hired the whole stadium. Yeah. Yeah, but tech. Uh, the, the, the stadium to shoot one scene. She kept saying, I'll come, I'll come, till it was night. What are you coming to do in the evening after 6 o'clock? Uh-huh. What do you expect me to shoot? I don't know if you got what I'm trying to say. Yeah, They're think. very selfish. They're terrible. In fact, I don't want to talk. I'm getting emotionally worked up right now when I remember particularly that particular incident. You know, they will lie to you. Oh, they're on their way. They're on several sets at the same time. Um, I, would, I would blame the Actors Guild for not instilling the right discipline in their members. I'm sorry to say this. You know, because you should be able to get your members or those who can be your members to know how to do the right thing. It's not right. You don't mess up a production by such acts of indiscipline. Yeah. Yes, there may be individuals on there who say, okay, there are actors in their own right. But no, you don't do that. If people like that are sanctioned, they'll behave better. You know, uh, maybe we're not reporting them, that's why. Or they, when we report, the guilds are not taking them. They're not, you know, apply, applying appropriate sanctions. Yeah. You know, so, but I think we'll all get around it. But it's prevalent and it's, it's terrible. You know, for me, I would never touch an actor like that in my life again, ever. Yeah. And anyone I know with such a reputation, I wouldn't deal with them. That's what I would there. Hmm. Okay, so um, can you mention three random facts about you that most people don't know? I love cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy cooking. Um, meal. Uh, it's like you have several children. I don't want to mention any. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pass. I'll let that pass. Okay. <laughs> but I, oh boy, I love cooking. I love cooking. Second one is. 
I'm a fantastic negotiator. If I was given Boko Haram, that problem would have been over a long time ago. Yeah. I'm an excellent negotiator. I'm not, I'm not being modest about that. Okay. And then what would be the third one? Uh, so many things are coming up again. Let me speak along professional lines. I don't want to go into, I don't know. But there's so many things that are coming up now. You just asked for three. So somebody just came up. That. <laughs> but you know what? I'm in my elements when I'm behind the camera. Yeah. As a director, as a director or cinematographer? I like to do my cinematography. Okay. Even as a director, I'd like to do my own cinematography. Boy, I love it. I enjoy it. I do things with a camera that people cannot imagine. And I'm also, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very good still photographer as well. Uh, very, very good, if I, if I say so myself. Uh-huh. But these are skills I don't use locally here, but they can't pay. So I just use them for my own jobs. People can't pay. Yeah. <laughs> so I get paid by people who appreciate my work from outside the country, you know? So, uh, so I love cooking. I enjoy negotiation. And I love it when I'm behind the camera. Okay. But I'm also passionate about my family. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. so as a as a skilled negotiator that you are, um, what's the number one rule that you shouldn't forget going into negotiations? The number one rule, you shouldn't forget going to negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you make the first bid, you lose. <laughs> if you name the price, if it's for price, if you mention the fa- if you make the first bid, you lose. I'll give you a small example. There's some that may not agree. But if you and I were to, you can, whether as a buyer or as a seller, eh? yeah. if you enter into a negotiation, if you're a seller and I'm a buyer, eh? yeah. the minute you mention your price, you know you can't get that price again. Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah. You, you know that? Yeah. It can only get less, not more. Eh? Uh. Do you understand that? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And if you're a buyer, eh? yeah. just generally, if you mention, if you are the first to mention an amount, just know you have lost. Eh? Uh. You can't get you can't get that price, you will lose. But it's also important when you go into negotiation, uh not to have any any uh, how do I put it? If you if you think win win, eh? yeah, you 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 will you will make better progress as a um, um, you have better success as a negotiator. If you think win win, yeah. uh, never go into you know uh, being so fastidious about okay this is what it's going to be and nothing else. Uh. No, you it's important that you there's certain things you must be able ready to trade in and be prepared to know what you are ready to trade in uh. from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Um, you only ask for one, but also let me say this is also important. Never go into any negotiation as the last uh as how do I put it now? With with the impression that you, the box stops on your table. Mm. Eh? Yeah. If it stops on your table, then you're going to lose heavily. Eh? Mm. Always make room to say that you're going back to a higher authority. Otherwise, let others do the negotiation first okay. before it ever gets to your to your table. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So just um, kind of protract the negotiation phase as much as you can. 
Well, not phase, but you know, you there must be rules. Okay, your this is it. This is your limit. Eh? Mm. And let them start, but they must give the impression that it has, that it will end with them. And then when those guys have given the final one, you say, "No, sorry, I still have to speak to my boss." <laughs> At that point, eh? yeah, <laughs> your your by the time you take it to that next level, you're going to get even more in the bargain. Because they would have thought everything ended with you at that level. Uh, and then they put their best cards out there only to discover that they have to deal with another level altogether. Okay. And um, what's that one piece of content, whether film, TV series, documentary, that you absolutely love to rewatch? Like you always go back to it. Uh, those will be my on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel, um, productivity, um, productivity, something, something with Victor, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I'm trying to remember it now. Yeah. It's on I'm, YouTube. But look for it and link it. Words, yeah. And there's so many. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I can reference it now. I just I don't know. But every time I go there, I I pick up because they're motivational. Huh? Yeah. There's, there's quite a lot of nuggets in there. So many. Even I, when I go back there, uh, there's one in particular I did for, you know, uh, on uh, suicide, and it saved quite a lot of lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, stop, don't commit suicide, I think. Uh, and there's one on... Um, uh, oh God, there's so many. There's so many. So many on that channel. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get in there, you're able to I think productivity channel with Victor or something like that, I think. Okay. So if if you get to that channel, there I I mean for me I never get tired. I, I go there every time it's like I'm learning something new, even though I'm the one that um I'm the one that is speaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what the YouTube is... channel is actually Productivity Channel by Victor Okai. Okay, Productivity Channel. By or if you say, yeah, if you say bye or with Victor Okai, both will take you there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so um, Nollywood has been growing and we want the industry to keep growing and get better. For you, what's that one thing that we should focus on as an industry in order for this growth to um you know be permanent and even better for the industry to grow we need to build more capacity but we also need integrity yeah integrity is very important uh it can destroy everything we build and it is largely lacking in the industry um we have seen actors who go out there and collect money from people because they are seen on screen mm. they're not producers they're not directors because they are the ones that the faces that people see and know, they go out there and then they act like they are filmmakers or uh, uh, producers or directors collect money from people and they end up produce rubbish or do nothing. Um, I think it's important that you know we we understand that integrity is everything in all that we do. Yeah. If 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 that and that is something that we're Holding strongly on to indigenous, I can tell you, as a guild, 
We are being noted for that now. Once you have integrity, everything else will fall in place. Hmm. Everything else. Yeah. Well, did we talk about in short the film festival? Okay, in short. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. We didn't. Now, I told you about Chill Pill, the film that won at uh, Zezushti. Yeah. That's the film festival. But what happened was that that film taught us a lesson. We were looking for an outlet for our student films. So what that taught me was that there were so many people out there with short films who are seeking an outlet. And when you go to a short film, to a regular film festival, you get lost. Yeah. There's only one prize for the short film. Eh? And the short film filmmakers are not reckoned with. And for me, most of our best filmmakers, Undiscovered, are in the short film category. Yeah. Many are doing uh, uh, musical videos right now, doing commercials. You know, they're not yet doing the features, but believe me, they're, they're very good. I many of them have short films. So we just felt we should have an outlet uh, for this short film. So we started in short in the year 2011. We were supported then by our partners, Gote Institute, particularly in the very first edition. And over the years, we've been supported by Access Bank continually, yeah. you know, in yeah. the bid. And uh, so we, we, so when you come in there, we, we find that first we had, we had good atmosphere. We've always done it at uh, Sheraton Four Point in, in uh, what do you call it now? In, in, in Victoria and Nieleki. Yeah. Or, or in some alternate years, we'll do it at uh, Sheraton Keja if the other one is, if we don't find space. But although in the last two editions, we've done it at the cinema hall of the Nigerian Film Corporation, which is like bringing it back home. Yeah. But the reason we started in the hotels was to give that sense of worth and dignity to short filmmakers and let them know that they are no less. Yeah. You know? And so many talents have been discovered from there. From Judith Audu, uh, Yenka Ogunzwa, the director. Topel Oshin. Topel You know, so many. The actresses as well. So many. So many people have had their breaks from, in short. Uh, for us, we felt, because we've always worked in the emerging filmmaker space, both by our film school, by short film festival and all that. And it's also a way of, my way of giving back as well. We've done quite a lot. And, and I forgot to mention through the, uh, 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 the film school, in recent times, we've started training people with disability. We've been supported by the uh, U.S. Consulate and the, and the Access Bank as well. Yeah. We've, we've been able to do, we've trained quite a number of them. We started this last quarter, but it's something we intend to continue in the new year because a lot of, been, we, there's not been inclusion in the industry, but that's something we want to bring on board and it's something which we're doing as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, so do you have um, social media or a website that people can keep up with the work you do? Okay, uh, we're developing our websites right now, but uh, the film school, I think, is, is it evalegos.ng. We have reverted all of them now to .ng, in shortfilmfestival.ng. Um, all of them are coming up. There is with.org and all that. We'll brought them down so that we can revamp them and go to the .ng. I'm sure by the time you're Hopefully, when the, the podcast is out or along something along the line, they will all be up again. Uh, then, um, that's in short, and uh, what do you call it now? 
the DGN and yeah. Okay, um, for DGN and also the Broadcast Academy. Yeah, the Academy that's uh, IFBA Lagos. Okay. Ng. IFBA Lagos. I don't know if we also registered IFBA.ng. I think we did as well, just to okay. protect it. Okay. Then we have um, what do you call it? Yeah, dgn.org and dgn.org. We are registered those for the guild. Um, we just moved to acquire a new office now in Surulere. I think that's uh, 13 cities. So that we want to have a production center as well. Okay. In that place, we're having a photography studio, a sound studio, a podcast studio. That should interest you. Yeah. yeah? A vlog studio as well. Uh a music recording studio. Yeah, all of that in one in one place. Yeah. So that's something we're doing now. That's in Sivisola and Solary. Okay. It's starting in January. Okay. We want a place where creatives can just come and complete everything they want to do. There's an edit suite there as well. Yeah. You know? So you can come, you can shoot, you can do your record your podcast if you want there. You can record a jingle there if you want, a music soundtrack. You can sh you can do a photo shoot there. You can edit there. Um, it's a one-stop shop. And the way you want to relax is a lounge for video games as well. So you can just relax there. <laughs> then we have a classroom there as well for the film school. Okay. It's just an extension. But that place, we only run master classes. Okay. You know, so, yeah. All right. So thank you, sir, for coming on the podcast and you know, all the best with um, the film school, DGN, and um, an in short film festival. Thank you. And we uh, are aware I'm still running for president in 2023 again. You know, I ran in 2019. Yeah. I'll be back. Okay. Like Anush Rasnikar said. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to. What your plans for yeah. the country? Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Okay. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.